This is Life School episode 104, and today we're going to show you some sneaky strategies for raising great kids in the midst of a hectic life. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Welcome to another edition of the Life School Podcast. I'm Heath Hollinsby. I'm here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hello. How you doing there, my brother? Good, man. Good to be recording again. Uh, we've created this Life School Podcast to show you how to live life with greater intentionality and make your faith and life fit together. It's not a siloed aspect of your life, but faith should affect decisions and, and how we parent and how we lead our marriages and how we work as with businessmen. With all the political correctness, though, you know, we got to hide that light now, right? you got to be careful. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Today, we've got a very special guest with us, Jay Payleitner. Uh, he's an amazing dude who served as the executive director of the Illinois Fatherhood Initiative, and he also is an avid writer and blogger for the National Center for Fathering. He has over 16 books out, including the best-selling book, 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. Uh, and he spends a lot of his time as a nationally known speaker on the topics of parenting and marriage. Jay, thanks for being with us. Well, Heath and Caesar, what a delight to be with you. Thanks for letting me hang out with you for a little bit. Oh, we're glad to do it, man. It uh, is good to be with you, buddy. Yeah. Okay, so Caesar, I remember when we first started dreaming about podcasts and guests that we want to have on this show, you immediately thought of Jay. Um, as we discuss parenting and fathering and marriage a little bit today uh, on the show, why don't you share with us how you guys met, how you guys got to know each other, and why specifically you wanted to have Jay on the show? Okay, so I think I met Jay about, I don't know, 20 years ago? I would say so, yeah. I mean, wow. at least. So we were... Uh, Part of the same church back in Chicago. Yeah, and our kids were, were friends on some level. That was kind of fun too. Yeah. And I, I think our first, the first time I maybe shook your hand was at a little ad agency just down the street from me. Uh, we were both trying to, you know, make a living uh, and trying to figure out life back then. Wow. Yep. And and Jay sort of became this like distant hero in the sense of like this guy's actually an author. Like he's <laughs> writing books and feeding his kids. And then and then we actually so. I ended up working at that church, and Jay's actually, he wouldn't probably say this, but I will, he's quite an actor. He, he, he was always our go-to guy. When I was wow. head of production, you do, our, you, know, you do your church skit stuff, you could throw anything to this guy, and he, he'd either do it serious or funny, and it was always, he was one of the go-tos, so that was... <laughs> well, I'm excited to learn from you, Jay, so uh, do you mind if I jump into this? Please do. Would you mind, uh, first of all, just setting up a little bit about who you are, for those of us who might not be familiar with you or your work? Yeah, beyond the... 10-word bio that we sort of stacked at the beginning there. That's right. Thank you for that little short trip down memory lane. Uh, <laughs> even, even before that, I was on Michigan Avenue in Chicago doing commercials. And then as my faith grew and I realized the long commute and it was I needed to spend more time with my family, I ended up at a little Christian ad agency in Wheaton, Illinois. And then that kind of, uh, because of some circumstances of people buying and selling the organization, I ended up kind of on my own. And then I was producing radio for for Angel Tree and Prison Fellowship with Chuck Colson. And so uh, so Christian Radio was uh, where I made my uh, my living uh, financially and also uh, really found my voice and found my passions. And that ultimately led to me kind of putting a book together and then another book and another book. Jay, how did you, how did you kind of land, though? You're kind of one of the go-to guys. How did you land on the topics of marriage and parenting? Because you, you have the skill. I know you well enough to know you could write about anything you want to. How did you land on marriage and parenting? How that where'd that passion come from? Well, yeah, don't tell anybody this, but um, I mean, I went to Russia with Josh McDowell three, uh, four times, 
and I, I've done a lot of interna- uh, radio, international fundraising for missions, that kind of stuff. That is not where my heart is at all. I, we have to know where your heart is. And my heart Sorry, is- Josh. We won't tell Josh. <laughs> right, Josh. Uh, Josh has probably not dialed up the uh, Life School podcast yet. I- <laughs> not yet. Except for, you know, Josh also did the stuff on, on uh, you know, teen, sexu- teen sexual purity and parenting stuff. So I, 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 I hooked up with Josh's, uh, I did a mind meld with him for, for, uh, for 13 years on that kind of stuff. Jay, wa- watching your family and getting, getting to know your kids as we both were raising our kids, one of the things that's been kind of cool is uh, your son Randy and I have run into each other sort of in publishing and, and just at conferences along the way. But even, even And he's an adult now, but even before that, it's watching how you raised your kids and being really impressed with that. And by God's grace, um, you know, I have one son um, and two daughters. Our kids turned out great. You know, I mean, God is good. It can happen. Um, it doesn't happen accidentally. There's a lot of intentionality behind that. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud and, and super grateful that my kids all still love Jesus and love people real well. And uh, what, what have you found? I mean, I, and we, we can't talk for hours here today. It, you crammed it down their throat, right? Susie, you crammed that Jesus stuff down their throat, right? Well, we used to. <laughs> Not as much anymore, you know what I mean? But when they were little, and we spent then, we spent the t- teenage and early 20s kind of repenting of a lot of stuff. But what, looking, I look back a lot now, and, and we just had our first grandson. So I, I look back now and I go, wow, um, I probably would have done some things differently. Hey, I'm guessing you feel that way. Yeah. Um, what, what have you found to be the most significant aspect of your parenting? One is that uh, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. So, yeah, rules are good things. Rules are great things. So, boy, rules keep us on the straight and narrow, Ten Commandments, all that kind of stuff. But if you haven't built a relationship with your kids, uh, you're, you're up a creek with no paddle. And uh, the other thing is, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of any conversation, any, any interaction... Uh, sometimes we can choose discipline or choose love. Always err on the side of love. Um, that might fly in the face of some folks, and, and discipline is a good thing also. But you need to have pull your kids towards you at the end of every conversation, even if it's a hard conversation where you're where you are just uh, need to come down hard on them because they were they're doing nasty things. At the end of the day, at the end of the conversation, you'd be going. They need to be saying, "I'm glad that this guy is my dad," and you need to be pulling him towards you. And be a little when they're broken, be broken with them. When they're weeping, weep with them. When they're laughing, laugh with them. And see that that might sound like just super like basic or pragmatic to some to some of our listeners, but see Jay in that is such a picture of the gospel because we see in scripture we've got a father God right who leaned in <laughs> it, right in the garden from the first fall of man, sin, sinful humanity, God goes looking for Adam and Eve. Where are you? And that's his heart, right? His heart is broken. Scripture says, but he's after the kids, and he's there to still protect them, clothe them, and lean in. So I, I, I'm going to guess that that attitude had a lot to do with your your kids not leaning away from God, but but actually saying, no, guess what? I ain't perfect, but God still loves me and pursues me in that. Yeah, that's a great image of, of, uh, of God in the Garden of Eden right there. Those guys messed up. They knew they messed up. God knew where they were. But he still said, hey, where are you? He, I care about you. 
you need to know that I'm I'm searching you. I'm looking for you. Uh, again, God sees it all, but he wants to uh, pull us towards him at, at the end of the day, at the end of life. So that's a big one. So that's a big one. Don't don't send the kids away angry even after hard conversations. Lean in, pull them in. Um, what else? If you had to boil down some intentional, effective parenting into a few other short convictions, give us another couple nuggets there, Jay. Uh, this, this, is, this is mine, I think, that uh, I, it's not trademarked, but the idea of enter your child's world and invite them to enter your world. So often, my golly, during the course of the week, you go zipping past each other, and uh, you may have some brief conversations, but you haven't entered their world. And uh, uh, there are all kinds of ways to do that. Uh, the book that we're kind of talking about today is brand new from Bethany House, Quick Tips for Busy Families is the name of the Boom. book. Boom. We need a bunch of that. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like Parenting Hacks. Uh, the, the original title of the book was, was Parenting Hacks. But uh, that didn't sit too well with uh, some of the guys. No, no one wants to be a hack. As a <laughs> right. But we know what the word hack means. Shortcuts, kind of quick ideas, things that, uh, that we can do uh, every day or in a, in a short period of time. I love this idea. No one wants to be a hack, but you know, shortcuts we want. So give me another couple nuggets of entering into their world. Like, I mean, I, I hear that phrase from you, and I go like, oh, do I have to dress like my kids and show up like at the school dance? Like, that's not what you mean. So give us some ideas. Well, you could show up at the school dance. If you ask them, hey, can I chaperone your school dance, they will say, they will say no. <laughs> How about just daily, normal daily lifestyle? <laughs> well, no, but the, the school dance is very valid. Say, listen, um, um, the, the, the two days before the dance, say, hey, the Andersons called me up to, uh, to chaperone the punch bowl at the school dance. Are we going to be there? I promise. I promise I won't bother you. I, uh, but but, we're, but uh, your mom and I are doing that. Uh, and they'll go, oh, man, oh, man. And then show up and don't even talk to them. Don't bother them. Their friends will come over and say hi to you. And maybe eventually towards the end of the dance, they'll come over and say hi. So you can enter their world in a way and respect that. you got to respect their space kind of thing. And you know that, guys. But um, more specifically, ones that I, I love to do is, is, is dad tucks in. Now, uh, can, you, can, you walk in, can you walk into your 16-year-old's bedroom? This feels like there's an invisible force field, doesn't there? <laughs> like you can't walk into your teenager's bedroom. You, you pay the mortgage. It's your building. It's your house or your apartment. But you feel like you can't walk in. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a friend that with his teenagers, and when they'd get tough on him, he'd say, hey, they would threaten to leave. He'd say, well, that's, I mean, I don't want you to, but if you do, just make sure you leave everything behind that I've paid for. Not the best parenting move, but it was stark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but they know. They get it. <laughs> Especially dads with their sons. It's like, it's like a pride of lions. Who's the bigger lion? <laughs> who's, the, who's head of the pride here? Does your four-year-old want you to tuck them in a bed at night and talk to them and read them stories? Your four, four-year-old? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. How about a five-year-old? Absolutely. How about a seven-year-old? Absolutely. So my point is, if you keep doing that, you can keep the, the conversations will change. The, the, the time will change, and sometimes you have to flex to meet their schedule. When they're four, they're going to fit into your schedule. When they're 16 or 14 or 18 or 25, you've got to see if you can fit into their schedule. So that's the way to enter their world is to fit into their schedule, keep tucking in. And, boy, it, that, that tucking in time is so magic when the, the, the lights go dim and, and the crud of the day melts away and you can kind of review something that's – whether it's on your mind and they can share stuff that's on their mind. And so here we're talking about teenagers, but I, I'm going to suggest that if you're hearing this now and you're thinking, oh man, I got a teenager, I got to start tucking them in again. You may have missed it. So this is really better advice for people, uh, parents with younger kids. Like don't, don't give that up. Like don't, don't lose the magic of being their pal at night and, and kind of 
encapsulating the day and praying with them and all that stuff. That's just gold. Don't lose that. Here's something you can do. Absolutely. Uh, uh, take you two seconds to do that. Go find your yearbook from high school and put it on the, put it on the kitchen table. That's it. T- tell me what's going to happen. Imagine Heath, Heath, imagine what's going to happen there. Yeah. Once I find my yearbook, <laughs> the, uh, the stories though, and the questions and they'll be able to look back and see dad is you had hair then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and what I love about that is something, it's something that, like you said, I can go do this. This isn't like a, a three-year game plan. This is tonight when I get home, I can get in my closet. Tell and me who you up. dated, Dad. Who was your best friend? Was he in here? Who'd you fight with? Who was the yeah. Who was the cool kids? Who was All that stuff's coming up, yeah? And then when somebody says, what does this guy mean here? Hey, Caesar, uh, rocking still at the, uh, remember the, that, that wild night at, at, in the uh, mountain retreat? And you go, and they go, Dad, what was that about? Oh, yeah, I've had that happen. I've had some friends go, remember when we, and I'm like, ixnay, you know, like, <laughs> like they're too young for that story. That'll come, like, you know, yeah, later. Hey, let, let, me, uh, let me ask another question, Jay. Um, how have you specifically helped your kids engage in, in the gospel? In other words, growth in their love of the Father and Jesus and stay connected to, the, to their faith and to the church and to the faith community. Because being their pal is one thing and, and digging in deep, there again, that takes intentionality. I think it takes even another click of intentionality to help our kids actually stay engaged in the gospel and not just the gospel of their afterlife, but the, the gospel of like, hey, this affects my life now and, and I'm actually falling deeper in love with God and, yeah. and his son. Well, um, I joked earlier about, about uh, that you jamming Jesus down their throat. It should be not jamming down their throat at all. It should be like this natural kind of assumed part of your life. Your kids should see you praying. You should pray with them. Uh, we sh- you, when you talk about your finances, go ahead and talk about, uh, about uh, uh, tithing and that kind of thing. The kids should see, see that as part of your world. We need to see God and Scripture as a resource for our family and, and let our kids know that that's, that's a priority. Here's one way I, I, that I started doing with the kids, and I think I actually got this from, from uh, Pastor Jim at uh, Christ Community back in the day, is uh, I created a, a, a list of books that I wanted my kids to read, and they were probably somewhere between 10 and 14 at the time. I don't know. And I created a list of books that I had read and I wanted them to read. And some of them were kind of beyond their age, but the least, I, I, I would actually pay them. I'll give you 20 bucks if, you, if you'll read the book, and then each chapter you have to write down either two insights or two questions. I don't care either, either way, idea. you know? And, and they would think, man, 20 bucks for them back then. They were like, holy cow. They read so many good books, and, and part of the deal was that they had to bring me the notes, and we got to sit down and discuss them. Hmm. and then they'd get their 20 bucks. And I can't tell you how many books we went through this way. And so that was kind of a way of doing devotions, picking at their heart, being intentionally connected with them. And it was, looking back, one of the coolest, best ways to engage their heart and, 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 and go deeper, because I was having them read some pretty uh, big league adult level stuff. I, I totally dropped the ball on that. Now, you know what's awesome? I have those notes. I have those notes from their books. And I can go back and reread them and go like, man, 12 years old, and you're asking this type of a question. So now there's this other opportunity to reconnect and go like, you know, hear their heart like, oh, yeah, that changed me in that way because I held on to that. And that's, I still, but here's how I'd say it. I mean, it's wonderful. That's, that's, that's some groovy stuff. So. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. Um, both of you are a few steps ahead of me when it comes to parenting. You're down the field a little bit. Kids are <laughs> out of the house. Uh, my life situation, I've got four kids uh, under the age of seven in the house. Um, and I'm hearing what you guys are saying, and I think a lot of my, uh, what I wrestle with is, you know, you don't want to screw up as a parent, you don't want to 
make your kid cry and think they're going to hold that against you? Because we've all been wounded by people ahead of us. And what advice would you give to me? If we're talking to the average listener out there who's just uh, is, is in constant noise and constant carpooling and going places and schedules, and I promise you, you will look back when you are the age of Caesar and me, Caesar and I, that you will miss those days. You can't believe that now, Heath. I understand that. Well, it's actually interesting. The conversation I've had with my wife even the other day was just as much as we, because we are in the survival mode of, okay, diaper change, dinner, brush your teeth, get in bed, shut up so we can pray. And and one of the things that we kind of go back and forth over is like, let's make sure that we live in this moment because they're, they're going. So my, I mean, my son is almost halfway out of moving out of the house. Like, and I feel like I've just started. Yeah, you're going to blink, and he's driving, and then blink, and he's at college, and you're like, what? He doesn't yeah. call. He doesn't yes. call. What the heck's going on? So how do we, so we want to live into some of that chaos and go like, so, this is So you're, you're consciously, as an adult, thinking back and talking about it with, with your wife about, like, let's, let's not miss the moment, right? Sure. The kids, though, they're kind of like, they're, they're just gleaning through, and they remember a whole lot more than you think, Heath. <laughs> right, Jay? I mean, <laughs> they really terrifies do. me. They will bring up <laughs> stuff that, you know, and, and what we found is we had to create traditions, little moments that were sort of like, hey, we always do this at dinner time, or we mm-hmm. always do this Saturday morning, or whatever we can. And it changed from season to season, you know, of their life and age. But we we somehow lucked out and started creating, you know, Team K traditions. Mm-hmm. You know, that you know that's what we call the family, right? Team K. Sure. And 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 those became handles of sort of like islands of sanctity and solitude and just closeness for the family amongst all the stuff getting broken and hollering and the fights that happen and all it's like so for instance like family dinner time hmm. we said like there's no arguing there's no hacking each other it's just not going to be it's going to be a table of grace there yeah, we go that's good. you know and that doesn't mean we don't have stuff to deal with we're just not dealing with it at the table because i wanted the kids to love coming to those dinners yeah that's good well that made them want to bring their friends because the table of grace is like a little garden of eden right? you know <laughs> it's a refuge uh, yeah. a certain thing we did every saturday i'm not saying like it never change because, you know, a holiday or, you know, vacation schedule or something. But given these little traditions for them to hang their hats on and put little pieces of peace (laughs) and joy in their days and weeks, because a lot of it is going to be chaotic and just busy and running. And and they're not, you know. That's really good. That's super helpful. What do you think of that stuff, Jay? Yeah, yeah. Heath, how many kids do you have? I got four. Okay, well, I I had five. I think it's uh, it's also important... uh, do family stuff, my golly, family stuff all together and kind of expectations are going to all be together. But also, uh, when you run to the hardware store, grab one, throw them in the seat next to you. Uh, one at a time kind of stuff so that you can make sure that that no one's slipping through the cracks and so you're not having a favorite one. But um, uh, the, the one-on-one time is, is uh, kind of critical when you have that many kids, four or five kids. Yeah, we try to do daddy dates once a week, which is... Even if it's just, hey, I'm taking you to 7-Eleven and you're getting a Slurpee. And... Yeah, we've got an episode coming up on how to date your daughters. Yeah, and how that, how that, A bunch of tips on that. That's coming up. Hey, so Jay, for, so as we kind of move towards wrapping up, for parents who've not been living that intentionally, they're just sort of day-to-day in it. I mean, they love God and they love their kids, but they're so busy. Maybe it's double income, two jobs, three jobs, whatever. Um, and maybe they haven't lived with the, this level of intentionality. These all sound like good ideas. Um, what, what encouragement could we leave them with? It'll put a little gas in their tanks. Well, the easy answer is to start now and surrender now. And even you could even uh, kind of uh, a little family meeting or one-on-one, you could kind of even apologize to your kids say, man, I've been... I've been going so fast these days, and and, I'm, and the work is doing this, and good, good work is good, and that kind of thing. But uh, um, I'm going to pledge right now to you, uh, dear son or dear daughter, that uh, 
then I'm going to do a little better. And you know what? You can actually hold me accountable. But uh, And that's a great thing to model for your kids. Like, I don't have to be perfect. And I know moving forward, I'm going to do the best I can. There'll be more times when I mess up. I love that, Jay. I love that there's stuff that we can tangibly take away today and get working on. And the repentance is so huge. That's that's one thing I'm really trying to model as a parent to my kids is like, hey, Jesus is a perfect dad, and I'm not. And I want to be like Jesus, and I'm going to screw things up, and I'm going to hurt you. And, uh, but I'm going to cop to it. I'm going to admit it when I do. Yeah, and they're, and they're so great. They're way more gracious on me than I even am on myself. And, uh, and as Caesar said, we got to finish up here. Um, every week we do the, the three takeaways, the big three. And uh, if you're a listener who is maybe in the season of life that I am and you want to write these down, but your kids are screaming or they're on your phone right now, don't worry. You can download this week's big three uh, from Caesar and Jay by visiting 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 104. Or you could text the message episode 104 with no spaces to 44222, and we're going to get those to you immediately. Jay, what would be the big three takeaways that you want to leave with our listeners for this week? The one we've already covered, enter their world, invite them into your world. That's number one. Moving on, um, discipline should make sense. It should come out of the situation that caused it. Discipline should make sense. Uh, it, it should get in their heads. It's not just discipline. It should get in their heads so they can think about what they did. My wife used to, when the, when a four-year-old does, messes up or three-year-old messes up, get down their level, put your little finger up in front of their nose and say, listen, you can't do it this way. This is this is wrong. You you have to come when I call you. You have to come because I, I want to make sure you're safe and get down on their level. Number three, the big three would be make sure they are glad you're in their life. And it could just be a little day brightener. You know what? Put a Pez dispenser in your son's or daughter's uh, lunch bag. When they get to school, <laughs> when they get when they get to school and you know, they're going to flop that ugly brown bag and they're going to reach in that, that crushed sandwich and the bruised apple, and they're going to see a pest dispenser. Holy cow, their day is better right there. And you know what? Make them pancakes with a turkey baster spelling their name out or initials or a star or a smiley face. Or make sure their, 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 their mitt is oiled before their first their first tryout. Love it. That's so cool. Those are good big three. Yeah, great big three. Hey, remember, if you want to get this free download of the big three takeaways, which are gold, you can get it by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 104, or you could text the message episode 104 with no space to 44222, and we'll get that out to you immediately. And one of the other things you can do to help us out, if you're enjoying the content of these podcasts, is to head on over to iTunes, and we have three requests. One, that you would subscribe to the podcast. Number two is to rate the show with uh, five stars, nothing less. And uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we're going to mandate that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a mandated five-star rating. And number three is to help write up a short review for us. This would not only bless us, but it would help us get this podcast and this content out to a lot more people this week. If you would like to know more about Jay's work, you can visit him at his website, which is jpayleitner. That's P-A-Y-L-E-I-T-N-E-R.com. He's also on Twitter at the handle jpayleitner. Uh, we hope to see you next week on the Life School Podcast as we turn the corner and how we talk about measuring whether your church or your missional community or your small group is truly successful. Or are you guys just busy with events and stuff? And if so, we're going to show you how to start fixing it. Really looking forward to that episode. Got some great resources next week for people. Yeah. Free stuff. They're going to love it to help them sort that out. That'll be next week. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Life School. For more information, visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>